Welcome to the Career Happy Mums podcast. This podcast is here to help you if you are considering career change or job change or returning to work after a career break. I'm here to share advice, tools and tips, as well as bring you guests onto the podcast that will show you that career change is possible. I'm Rebecca Amin, your host. I'm a career coach and I help parents who are unhappy in their careers to stop going around in circles and to find that path back to being career happy again. I also run my Facebook group called Career Happy Mums. So do search for that and join if you haven't already. In today's episode, I'm really excited to welcome my guest, Kate Chidzik. Have I pronounced your name right? <laughs> that is correct, Chidzik. Well, we sort of anglicise it, but yes, not by Okay, well. thank you. I should have asked you that first, shouldn't I? Um, so welcome to the Career Happy Mums podcast. Um, Kate and I are connected on LinkedIn, and that's essentially how we've met. And today is actually the first time I've had the pleasure of, I can see her on Zoom, people listening can't, but speaking to her today. Um, I think, Kate, you just saw, didn't you, my post asking for guests on the podcast, which you responded That's to. Correct. So so thank you. Thank you for doing that, first of all. Um, so let me just introduce you, Kate, if that's OK, and then we'll, yeah, we'll get into things. Um, so Kate is a freelance digital marketer um, with a focus on supporting overstretched marketing teams and SMEs on short term projects and digital marketing strategy. Kate's background is over 20 years in client-side digital marketing across a number of industries, including event arena ticket sales, anything from One Direction to Kylie. I like that. I hope you got to go. (laughs) Sadly not, but it would have been fun. (laughs) Wouldn't it? Um, High street retail and e-commerce opticians, um, game development and Volvo trucks where she cut her teeth in digital marketing. Um, Kate also has a wonderfully supportive husband and two children who are five and two and a half. So welcome, Kate. Welcome. Nice to have you. Thanks, Rebecca. Really nice to be here. Great. Um, So as I mentioned, and I think I feel like I'm jumping straight in, but maybe we're starting at the this where we are now and, and working backwards but I think obviously I've mentioned your your freelance so it wasn't always that way obviously we said you've had a, a 20 plus career um prior to that so can you just start by telling me and, and the people listening a bit about why like how has that come about how have you how did you decide or become um freelance what, what sort of triggered that yeah no problem at all I mean it, it was a bit of a shift change I've always sort of known something was wrong in working in corporate. It was great working in corporate, fantastic roles, fantastic teams, but I always wanted to do something myself, have yeah. the autonomy and the control in the business mm. and just be a manager of my own time, mm. not have to always answer to everyone else. Um, and it didn't happen until mid-pandemic, uh, February, so it was when November 2021, my role was unfortunately made redundant. Okay. And that gave me the, the push that I think yeah. I needed. I wasn't ready to take the step myself to really sort of make that push. I was always worried about finances. Mm. You know, how do I pay the mortgage? I had a bit of saving put aside, about three months mm. um, worth. And I thought, if I'm going to do it, this is the time to do it. Yeah. Um, it's, sorry to say, it's so interesting. because I was literally having almost an identical conversation with somebody yesterday, <laughs> um, a client of mine who is, um, she is working at the moment, but she's in a maternity contract um but with an organization she's been with for for a number of years um but she's kind of in this situation where if 
if the person comes back, she'll essentially be made redundant because she was facing redundancy anyway. And she's in that space of going, well, if they just do it, it's decision made for me. Like I don't have to make the decision. So it sounds like that's quite a similar. Yeah, pretty thing. much. I, I mean, I will, I will admit, I spent the first two months looking a bit at, at a few roles. Yeah. Just trying to find something. I was working remotely in right. the last company and I loved that. Mm. The, the lack of commuting, the time spent with my kids in the mornings doing yeah. nursery drop-offs, pickups, having that flexibility of the remote work. So I knew that I definitely wanted that. Mm. And trying to find a role that was properly remote, yeah. even in pandemic times. Mm. A lot of them said they were remote, but it was remote until pandemic's over. Right. And you can we trust- want you in the office three days a week. And I was like, mm, I don't want to do that. That's mm. not what I want to do. And so I sort of juggled that for about the first month and a half. And I think just mentally getting that that move from 20 plus years of corporate being mm. in a permanent role in yeah. different organizations just having that shift in my brain yeah to go over to be yeah I'm on my own but yeah. I can do this Absolutely. and I can have a go at it yeah and I think that it does take time doesn't it to, to believe that that's possible because I speak to so mm. many people that are yeah that have been in corporate for so long and and say oh I'd love to work for myself or I'd love to go freelance or I'd love to have my own business but um oh I just don't think I could do it It, you know I don't know how to run a business or I wouldn't know where to find my clients or don't even know where to begin and it's that you need that time to go well hang on I can like I've I've managed to carve out a corporate career for 20 years and that's probably actually harder sometimes isn't it exactly and I had all those thoughts I really did most nights I was sort of thinking well how do I get my first client you know what Mm. do I do and as it turned out they actually came to me I had a good sort of list for my 20 years in business I started a bit of advertising and I got a nice mix across those different channels, which yeah. is really good. I didn't have all my eggs in one basket, just mm. eking out the old contact list. Yeah. So it's nice to have a mix there and sort of just give me that reassurance that when the contact list is expired, I mm. do have other avenues to get that work in. Yeah. By which point you've then, haven't you got that test? You've got the testimonials, you've got the credibility, you've got case studies you can kind of share as well. Um and it's, I think it's a really good point if you're if you're wanting to go freelance or start a business in the field that you've worked in already, um, as you say, you're not going in cold, you're not going in on square one, you're going in with 20 years of contact. <laughs> a pretty significant. Absolutely. And I also found there was a great freelancer network. I've had some fantastic support from other freelancers about, about the business running side that I didn't mm. know. Yes. I had a, so much marketing knowledge, but I didn't know about accountancy. No. I didn't know about business tax and all that sort of stuff. And, and I've had some great support from the network from just sort of meeting people like yourself on LinkedIn, mm. just chatting to people and getting to know them and just hearing what other people are doing and where they're failing as well. Yeah. So we talk about that. Yeah. It's a whole new world, I found. Like when I when I started my business and kind of we were talking just before we started recording about networking events and kind of going to some of those and um, which ones work better than others. And um, as you say, sort of you become more active or at least I have on, on LinkedIn, because when I wasn't loving my job or I was very stable in my job, I didn't really need to be on LinkedIn all the time because... It was just, you know, it was more just sort of consuming content on there, whereas now I'm sort of very active on there. But but yeah, I found it is like a whole new world, isn't it? If you're like, oh, loads of people run their own business. Loads of people have done what I want to do. Loads of people have got the same challenges. Exactly. You're no longer a LinkedIn lurker, just sort mm. of sitting there yes. behind the scenes, <laughs> listening to every, everything. And there's, there's lots out there. But mm. you then suddenly part of the conversation and it is a massive conversation that's being had. Absolutely. And there's always support. I think there's people that run their own businesses already. There's always like free webinars and, you know, the the starting a business thing, I just think is a 
this sounds really mean, but sometimes it's a really good, I don't want to say excuse is the wrong word because people genuinely believe it, but it's a really good thing to just go, oh no, that's in the too hard bucket. I don't know how to run a business, therefore I can't. But actually, for me at least, I registered myself as self-employed with HMRC, had a website kind of put together, which is now much better than it was at the start, got myself an email and there I was like, and then sort of just, you know, kept my accounts myself. And then eventually, you know, after a while, I sort of obviously found a bookkeeper to, to help with that. But it's not this big, you know, if it's just you as well, it's not like you're running a corporate where <laughs> you need all that knowledge. Right. And I think you touched on a really good point. It's about that you, your website has become much better over time. Yeah. You don't have to start with everything really glossy at the beginning. Yes, you just start really small. Point. Yeah. You just need a, a text email, you know, and your, yeah. your name. You don't even need a business name. It could just be your own name. Yeah. Which I mean, might have a business name. <laughs> yeah. And mine came to me about three o'clock in the morning. It was mm. just like one of those epiphany moments. I was like, mm. oh, that works. Yeah. No one can pronounce it. So I'm not sure it does work. Yeah. But, <laughs> but it stands out. <laughs> we'll see. I'll change it in a few years. You know, yeah. we'll see. It's, yeah. it's fluid. But and you it have does... that autonomy to be fluid. Exactly. And everything evolves, doesn't it? I'm now sort of in year four and sort of looking at my sort of my photos redone this year. I'm looking at my website going, oh, I kind of feel like I want to change my colours. Like it doesn't feel right anymore. And, and you just evolve it. But agree, it doesn't need to be polished. So um, but what would you say? So you sort of mentioned, you know, that you'd always had this feeling of like, oh, I'd like to do something else. And COVID gave you a bit of a taste of actually working at home is great and this remote work is brilliant and and kind of pushed you to the redundancy pushed you to to actually go for it how do you think as well um because obviously a lot of the people listening um are parents being a career happy mums how maybe, maybe it hasn't I don't know but how has having children impacted your career either you know in your career decisions or, or just generally what 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 is the impact to you of having had children do you think in your career I would say massive massive impact huge mm. impact I mean um so I've got two children my five-year-old he is autistic he was right. diagnosed about two months ago but we found okay. we started to find out when he was about two mm. so his preschool picked up on it really oh, early yeah. um and he has a very high level of anxiety and demand avoidance mm. which means that there's many things he wants to be able to do and he loves doing he just can't do it oh. because he has this high level of anxiety mm. so we need to be flexible to be yeah. there for him I need that yeah. flexibility to say if we're 15 minutes late going into school we're 15 minutes late going mm. into school the world will not end no it's, it's not going to fail GCSEs <laughs> yeah. yeah and to be able to pass on that calmness to him mm. and just not be panicking about my boss worrying that I'm not going to mm. be in work at the desk at time so I, that was a big shift change for me and yeah and that alone along with the commuting mm. one of the reasons I went to remote working with my last company was because I was spending two to three hours commuting each day. It's crazy, isn't it? I was it? missing the nursery drop-off and the pickup, or I was worried about leaving at four o'clock just to make that nursery pickup pick up, mm. and not missing the last train. I remember once I stood on the train platform because I missed the last train. I was in tears. It's just horrible, I yeah. I was missing the pickup. Yeah. And it was a horrendous moment, and it was quite a sort of an almost, I say the word epiphany, but it was. Mm. It was this something needs to change. Yeah, it's not sustainable. That I had this massive fear I used to go into the office for six o'clock in the morning and I'd be the first one in turning the lights on purely because I wanted to be able to leave at four Mm. with a fresh head going I've done my hours it's so funny I still work in evenings yeah I'd still be logging on in evenings trying to do more and more just to show that I wasn't slacking even though I probably no one thought I was no no it's funny isn't it because I think that that's sort of to me around boundaries and people you know I think some organizations push people far too far and their expectations are completely you know extreme and that's why people are logging on in the evenings but equally 
I do think sometimes there's an element of like, oh, well, I left at four. So, you know, even though I was in at six, like I've left at four, so I should do more. And then the more you do it, the more, you know, if you suddenly stop, then it feels like I'm not doing enough or I've not delivered enough or people's expectations are so high because you've been delivering at such a high level. Um, Suddenly, how do you stop that? It's a really hard thing to do, isn't it? Um, Yeah. And I I think I think it's part of the the company can help you so far, but you have to help mm. yourself. 100% 100% of the way either reaching out to other people to give you that advice or support mm. or just sitting down and saying I cannot do this anymore and mm. I think that was almost where I came to I just sort of went I can't do this anymore mm. yeah you know when, when when I was expecting my son I, I I was working in corporate business then and I remember I I worked late I was 36 weeks pregnant very heavily pregnant he was a big mm-hmm. baby <laughs> but I'd waddle along to the train station at 10 at night having finished my lever arch file of notes mm. the handover to, to my maternity cover and I would be like have I done it have I done it all have I brain dumped everything yeah. I know because I thought I needed to do that yeah in the end she lasted three months and no one picked up that lever arch for a year wow <laughs> I came back in and it was in a filing cabinet I was like I did all this and yeah the world didn't stop yeah and I've come back into my role and I've walked in and everyone's gone hi and I've just sat down and carried on mm. and it felt like I hadn't been away for a year yeah yeah it just yeah. carried on And it's interesting, isn't it? Because whilst some people might have gone, I can't believe nobody's looked at all this work I did and I did this big lever arch file, why has no one looked at it? Actually, what you just said was it was a real sign to you to go, well, actually, maybe I don't need to be doing all this stuff because the world didn't end and actually everything's okay. So perhaps I don't need to do all these extra things that that are burning me out. I'm pushing myself too far and the company Mm. really isn't expecting that nth degree. Yeah. That I just see them imagining they are yeah they're expecting that level yeah and, and that could come down to me I'm, I'm a perfectionist I know I am um yeah. at least now I'm perfectioning in my own business so well, my own yeah, way, exactly. which is more more reasonable I guess isn't it you want it to be perfect but but only to a certain degree so you don't <laughs> so burn yourself Absolutely. out um so so having children obviously has as you say had a had a big impact and in terms of support around that because it sounds like you say you're a sort of self-proclaimed perfectionist in that you know you go above and beyond you've obviously got a really strong work ethic you've got two children one with some sort of additional needs around sort of how you um you know how you're able to manage your days and things what support do you have around you because I think that's always so important because we we often as mums I think we do it all don't we <laughs> but what about yeah so what how do you gain what do you do to get support in into your world or what support have you got most of it comes from my husband. I mean, he's right. amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I talked a lot about my, my first child, my son, mm-hmm. when we had my, when I found out I was pregnant with my daughter, I was working with my last company. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually just accepted the contract to move to them when I found out I was six weeks pregnant. Oh, wow. And I went for that moment of, oh, what, what, I what have I done? <laughs> what have I done? <laughs> I was with my previous company for a number of years. I had a very good mm-hmm. package for maternity leave and I just moved and I would lose everything. Right. I would have only the basic benefits. Mm. so it was sort of a do I go back mm. but in my mindset once you're looking at moving you you move your head's out the door that's always it? been my my mind my mantra on that so I, I was moving but mm. I was very worried about telling them yeah um, and so we sat down for ages thinking you know financially can we afford this what do we do mm-hmm. do I take the year off I had off my son you know I'd saved up a lot of money to do that and have that mm-hmm. th- that flexibility to have that year off and and how do we factor it in yeah. And in the end, he stepped forward and said, I'll take the year off. Wow. Because he had the package from his business. They were supporting him with that. Mm. I and mean, he did get a lot of comments over the time of how will you cope? 
having a year out of work. Yeah. And, how did you cope and with a baby yeah. man? Like, exactly. <laughs> and often, to be fair, he turned around and said, well, how do all the women cope? Exactly. You know, it's no different. My yeah. wife's done it already. I'm doing it this mm. year. It wasn't quite how he expected it to happen because when she was three months old, COVID hit. Right. So he had okay. all these kinds of baby classes and doing everything. Mm. And then it was nothing. Wow. Um, so it was very different. But yeah. he, he massive through and took the whole year off. And I did yeah. seven weeks. Amazing. Yeah. Holiday and a bit of maternity cover just yeah. to get over operations and stuff and, and yeah. just have a bit of time with her before yeah. I went back in. Yeah, yeah. And I think, so you know, I mean, yeah. And I think, you know, it is incredibly supportive. But equally, there is that thing, if you like, like he said, women do it so what you know and I know that's not everyone's choice not every every mum wants to do it that way they want that time and, and again totally get that but I think more and more the more and more it's visible that men can should it fit for the family and, and be the right thing do that because like you say there are the you know I think it has improved a bit because I think a lot of organizations now are offering longer paternity leaves anyway um, which helps if that then simply becomes extended but there is that thing of like you're a man like <laughs> what are you doing but the more that they do it right the better it, it becomes visible and becomes more normal exactly exactly and, and he does talk about it quite a lot and so do I the mm. fact that we did that and it and it worked yeah um I, I think it did probably help that I was a remote worker so I was only in the office in the garden yeah so I was still on hand but to be fair he never called on me even when my yeah. son was off nursery for the 10 weeks when everything shut down mm. he'd be out playing and I'd be out I'd be here working you know, and, and yeah. he never needed me. He, he did it magically. It just as yeah. everyone else manages it. Yeah. I think everyone listening to this is probably going to say, where did you get your husband from? Because <laughs> I'm wondering <laughs> if there's any spares. <laughs> no, that's mean. But I think, you know, but actually there is something in there, isn't it? That when we take everything on ourselves, and I say this as a personal thing as well, that I remember when my, well, both of them actually, but definitely my, my younger one was a tiny baby. Um, you kind of, because you do it all yourself, you kind of almost set your partner, husband, you know, whoever up to be the person that doesn't know. So like I, if I went out, I'd literally write a meticulous timetable that would probably cover two sides of paper, when to feed, when to do this, when to do the next, you know, and it was like, if I was, I'm sure he could figure this out. <laughs> like, whereas I think it was the second lockdown for me because the first lockdown um, with the homeschooling and stuff, I was printing out all the worksheets for the kids and kind of deciding what it is they were going to do and, you know, taking care of it all. And even if it was his turn, I was going, right, tell them, you know, they need to do this. Then I would take the photos and upload it to Google Classroom. So I was sort of gatekeeping it all. Um, but in the second lockdown, I was just like, you're doing it. So I don't know, it's on Google Classrooms, you know, as much as I do. <laughs> have a look and it just you know it's, it's almost empowering like your partner isn't it just crack on like do it yeah. but I, th I think it is and I think that's almost reminiscent of the lever arch file I left for my first maternity yeah yes it was no one actually used it and no. I sat there thinking I'm the only person who can do this I'm yeah. the only person who knows all this information and I have to convey it mm. and it's very much the same yeah you know, he, he did just as well as I could do probably better yeah. and then, you know and if they don't do it exactly how you might choose to as long as the end result is clean fed happy baby child exactly. you know, <laughs> we're good but you know I'm kind of joking about it but I think you know I sometimes speak to clients who part of the thought process around career change is like well I can't do such such thing because I have to do all these other things and it's like well do you have a partner yes why do you have to well he's he's never had to do it before and he's got a big job and da, 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 da. it's like, okay but could anything change because 
your two parents <laughs> you're both you both have careers so yeah so I think there's definitely something in there about opening up that conversation if if that's one of the factors that stops you isn't it that you feel like you have to do it all um, absolutely yeah and I, I think when we had that conversation my husband actually sort of said well yeah, yeah I'd like to have a chance yeah I'd like to do this I want yeah. to you know look after our daughter and, yeah. and be that parent a hands-on parent yeah and I think sometimes he felt that I wasn't giving him that chance maybe Mm. You know, and, and yeah. now we've, we, we are able to now divide and conquer when they're yeah. going off different directions and it really mm. helps yeah. to, to have that teamwork going on definitely and I think that bonding time like you say I think I've mentioned this on other episodes my husband got the grand sum of one week off for both of my maternity leaves which and one was a c-section and, and I had a not enough. two-year-old yeah, yeah. anyway uh, but no I think it's, it's a really relevant point to raise around that support so so sorry so just sort of going back to to your career and, and being freelance and, and things um obviously it worked out and you've kind of um you know you had that push because of the redundancy got to that that decision what fears or worries did you have and I know we've already touched on a few but what would you say would be the most significant thing if you can recall anything that that could have potentially stopped you going oh no I don't think I can what was the biggest hurdle I guess to get over is what I'm asking I think it was probably getting my first client Mm. that fear of am I going to fail yeah yeah, you know, I've I've set all of my, you know, I started doing the whole LinkedIn communication mm. and I launched a website, you know, I did everything and I was like, and I got to get this first client. Mm. And there is, there is, I mean, even though there's a fantastic support network out there, there still is a taboo of how much do you talk about whether you've got a dry pipeline mm. or you haven't quite got that enough clients coming in and people are starting to, and that's really refreshing to see. Mm. I do quite a bit I sort of talk about you know the fact that actually I'm looking for someone in October I've got some space Mm. not all glossy it's not all yeah you know I'm making six-figure sums every month that you often see on a lot of these social media channels these sort of people get up at six six o'clock and do the gym and then they get six figures and I'm like how yeah Um, yeah and there's a lot more realism coming out which is fantastic to see I think that's probably my biggest my biggest fear you know, do I go with my tail between my legs back into corporate mm. um, and try and find a role? And then what would they say about me having that sort of six month period off trying yeah. to launch a business and it didn't work? Yeah. And all these fears were going through my head. It yeah. was completely unfounded. I got mm-hmm. my first client and then I very quickly got another one and another one. And, yeah. you know, and it's been fantastic ever since. Yeah. Um, to the point, I mean, one of the one of the bonuses I did this for was to have the school holidays off with my son to yeah. be there. And I've taken every single one off. I've just had Amazing. seven weeks off. Yeah. Um, it does mean I've now got to rebuild that pipeline right now. But you so know, I'm you back can. out there networking, yeah. but it will happen. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. and that's really good because I've had that magical time. Yeah. Yeah. Then. It's so relevant because I think there's that's normally the biggest thing is what if I get no clients? And I think it can, you know, it is hard. I know when I first started out, I think coaches particularly like, well, I've got qualification and I've got a website. Where are all my clients? <laughs> but you do have to put yourself out there. You do have to market yourself. You do have to, you know, be visible on social media and, you know, know who your client or who you want your clients to be and that they can find and see you and, and all of those things. But I agree, like once you've got that, and now I think, and you're probably the same, if there are spells where things are quieter, the panic kind of lessens of like, you know, I remember for me, you know, getting some clients and then suddenly there weren't any and it's like, well, it stopped like what what am I going to do now but actually you just learn okay well there's quiet spells and, and then you have super busy spells so, yeah. um, and I just spend the time getting on with my own admin exactly. sometimes it's put to one side when you're busy with absolutely you sh- it shouldn't do but it does sometimes course, yeah. you just go to the to the side so you yeah. get on with that and I, and I think I think 
equally another fear that I had was was knowing my own worth how much do I charge yes I'm a freelance yeah. you know I charge by the package because you know mm-hmm. everyone says don't charge by the hour because yeah. people always go that's too expensive and it doesn't mm-hmm. value your experience no you don't just do an hour of work you do the prep exactly. you do the follow-up you do the exactly. training you do the you know qualifications you do everything you've, you've got it you've got mm-hmm. it so I so I did have a lot of sort of worry you know are my rates at the right sort of cost even though I did my research I did my competitor research I did everything to justify it there mm-hmm. was still that what if someone turns around and says you're too expensive? Mm. Now, I've had that conversation now over the last year and a half, quite a few times. And I said, yeah. well, if you feel that way, then fine. Yeah. Go and find somewhere else. Yeah. But you might not get it done as quickly. It might not be to the same standard. I'm not saying mm. that they're, they're not as good. They could be. Mm. No, I'm not the right person for you. Yeah. Because I now know I've got the confidence in my own value. Mm. And I can have that conversation openly. And yeah. And they're not necessarily the right person to work with if they yeah. feel that way. If they're only looking at money. Yeah, exactly. And it's, it's got to be about the outcome and the work that you're going to, what, what's different for them by working with you. It's not just that they lost some money. They've actually got value from you, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah, I think that's a really, really important point as well. Because again, I think anyone setting up sort of as freelancer on their own in, in some capacity, it's always a question like, how do I, how do I charge and how do I have the conversation and it's really worth sort of putting thought into that before you get in the conversation because you don't want to be in it and then be going oh well uh, I don't know <laughs> absolutely and at the time when I was going through all that and I did all my research I also reached out to a few other marketing freelancers mm. and I had that open conversation with them and mm. luckily I touched on quite a few who were very open mm. said, well we charge this for that yeah. we charge this for that and that gave me that extra reassurance yeah that yeah. I was benchmarking properly and we yeah. were at the similar level yeah. And I think, uh, yeah, conversations are so key, aren't they? Because again, with any career change, you need to speak to people to know the market, to know what feels right, to know the good, the bad, the ugly and all those things. So um, and actually people that are well established and, and doing well shouldn't be worried about having that conversation at all. So, exactly. um, so in terms of your so you've made the made the leap, it's going well by the sounds of things. And, um, you know, you're, you're sort of in a <laughs> in a in a good place. What would you say, so if there's anybody listening, which I'm sure there will be people listening, thinking, oh, I'm still feeling really stuck in my career. This sounds great. What Kate's managed to do. I wish I could do that. Or, you know, just or just I just need to change something and I'm, I'm not doing it. What one piece of advice would you give to somebody that's that's just feeling unhappy in their career and knows that they really need to make changes? One piece. I could probably give you two, but I'm going to <laughs> <laughs> I always want more in the world. Yeah. Um, I would say, I mean, if you're on LinkedIn, if you're if you're lurking, start having that conversation, start mm. putting yourself out there before you make the move. Yeah. Start building up a network, get some followers up. I didn't. I mm. went straight from being a lurker to being mm. out there and had yeah. to pivot overnight to being open about my life, what I was doing. Mm. And it was a big shift change. And I didn't have many followers. It's grown a lot over the last year. Mm. My network's growing. It's still on a big path to growth. I'm nowhere near where <laughs> many people are. But mm. start looking at that. And, and at the same time, I'm going to choose two. I'm sorry. I'm That's fine. No, no, go for it. You've, you've managed to do it. In. <laughs> Say that again. Start sorry. Screw away a bit of money. Yeah. Put away a bit of money. So you've got that safety net. Yeah. That eliminates a lot of fears. If you can pay your mortgage, you can put some money towards a family. Yeah. Then that gives you that nice buffer. Yeah. Um, I had three months, which was fantastic. Yeah. And that was great. And it gave me that confidence. Yeah. Just to sort of be, be less panicked. And yeah. Calmer about getting customers in. Yeah. Yeah. And I, it's, it's money is always the thing that comes up. Like I can't just leave my job. I can't just leave my salary. 
And again, I often have these conversations with people going, well, we're not suggesting you're going to walk in tomorrow and resign, but what, what does, what does okay look like? Like what gives you the permission to leave or the comfort or the stability to be able to, and, you know, it might take a year to save up that pot of money to, to be able to go, okay, I've got something set aside, but if you know, you're unhappy and you know, you're working towards something and that's right. That's the one step I'm going to take for the next six months is I'm just going to start putting aside a couple of hundred pounds a month or, you know, whatever it is that you can afford to go. That's my safety net pot. I'm building on it. And when I can see that numbers at a level that I'm okay with, then you can take the plunge. So I think it's a, a really, really valid um, point. Um, so thank you, thank you. We're kind of running out of time, but I've really enjoyed chatting to you. I've, we've touched on a lot, haven't we? We're <laughs> like, it's been great. Husbands, <laughs> children, career change. Um, so I hope you've enjoyed um, listening. Um, and of course, if there's anything that you um, have taken away or find particularly useful, I always say to drop an email over to me and my email is in the show notes. Um, and if it's okay with you, Kate, I'd love to share your LinkedIn um, profile sort of link um, on the show notes as well. So if anybody wants to get in touch with um, with Kate and start building their network by connecting to you, then, <laughs> then they can. Um, also, don't forget, I've got my free Facebook group called Career Happy Mums to help support you. Um, if you are unhappy, feeling stuck and considering making changes in your career, come on into that group and you'll find lots of help, support and a community there um, that I'm sure you will find helpful. So thank you, Kate. Um, been lovely to chat to you and um, yeah, appreciate you spending the time. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Career Happy Mums podcast. Don't forget to join my free Facebook group, Career Happy Mums, or maybe you'd like to book a chat with me if you wish to find out more about how I can help you move towards a happy place in your career again. You can find a link to book that call in the notes alongside this episode. But for now, until next time, thank you for joining me.